Welcome to episode six of Inside the Senior Alliance, a podcast exploring resources and issues in the aging field. I'm Jason Macieski, Chief Advocacy and Planning Officer with the Senior Alliance, the Area Agency on Aging serving Western and Southern Wayne County. Today, I'm joined by Lori Zimmerman, Manager of the Information and Assistance Program at the Senior Alliance. We'll be discussing some of the roles information and assistance plays at our agency and how it's a resource for people in the community. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jason. Very happy to be here. So let's jump right into it. Uh, when we talk about information and assistance, a lot of times we use the acronym I and A. Uh, so we may slip into that acronym a little bit here during our conversation. But would you please tell us what role that information and assistance plays at the Senior Alliance? Uh, the role of INA is to provide information, referrals, and options to empower individuals to make informed decisions and also to advocate on behalf of those people who may need some additional help. INA specialists are there to educate and link people and services together. INA is the first point of contact for anyone calling the Senior Alliance. INA answers all of the incoming phone calls and emails to our agency and makes sure that all calls are dispersed to appropriate department or staff person. But the majority of calls that come into our main line are direct requests for programs and services, which INA specialists will handle. So INA is like a call center. And through that information assistance service, how many calls does the Senior Alliance receive on any given day or month? The INA on a daily basis, the calls can be anywhere from 40 to 80 plus calls a day. So we never know. We receive approximately uh, 1,000 calls a month, and that averages out to about a 12,000 calls per year, give or take. So that's a lot of calls for our staff to be handling. What kind of training do they have to go through in order to be live on the phone and interact with people? New INA staff undergo months of intensive training that includes an orientation first to TSA programs and services. And this is to give them a good base knowledge of what our agency offers. This is followed by self-study and mentoring with their manager and a peer mentor. New INA specialists are required to read and complete testing in a very extensive information and referral training manual covering topics such as communication techniques, empowerment and advocacy, crisis intervention, confidentiality, cultural diversity, and person-centered approaches. The INA specialist also has to learn how to effectively use the INA electronic resource database to document calls and find resources for callers. As part of resource training, the INA specialist will be tested on their knowledge of TSA and community resources and complete case scenarios to prepare them for the types of calls they may receive. Towards the end of their training, with the permission of the callers they speak with, the INA specialist will shadow their mentor and other INA coworkers, and then they'll shadow the My Choice Waiver Intake Specialist and the My Choice Waiver Supports Coordinator on a waiver assessment call. This gives them a better understanding of each person's role in the agency and how they interconnect with what INA does. All INA specialists will complete ongoing training and mentoring throughout the year and keep their skills and knowledge current. So there's a, a significant amount of training that staff has to go through before they ever get on the phone and answer a call live. And there are standards that they have to adhere to. And I know that you are a member of an organization called AIRS. 
and you have served on their board of directors at the state level. Uh, could you talk really about the the role that standards play uh, in terms of INA operations? Sure. The AIR stands for the Alliance of Information and Referral Systems. This is an organization that has set standards of excellence in the field of information and referral and assistance. And these are standards that the information um, that the Senior Alliance follows as far as everything that we do. Our training manual comes from the Alliance of Information and Referral Systems. The standards come through that same uh, training manual. And we follow everything that anybody in the state that uses those standards follows. So I would say any call center within the state of Michigan and actually across the United States and Canada uses AIRS as an example to look to when they are looking for excellence in INR. One of the other things I believe that AIRS sets standards for is how resources and information get into our data set that we supply to people who call us for information. So how do you go about gathering those resources and information that gets passed on to people? Yes, there's definitely a very set standard of what types of resources can go into the database, and that is set by AIRS as well. The primary resources that are allowed to be included in an INA resource database are ones that we receive requests for on a daily and weekly basis. These include nonprofit organizations providing health and human services, government organizations pertinent to the needs of our callers, housing communities, health-based organizations, unincorporated entities such as caregiver support groups, advocacy groups whose mission is to serve older adults, adults with disabilities, and caregivers, and essential for-profit agencies such as private home health care. So everything that is in our database is going to be something that is going to be pertinent to the needs of our callers. But we are unable to refer to things like private entities such as plumbers and carpenters and and things like that. They're usually nonprofit and government agencies that you'll find in our database. Prior to entering any resource into the INA database, An organizational profile is completed to gather all of the information needed to provide accurate and up-to-date information to individuals who call our agency. Resources are constantly being updated and added throughout the year as we discover new information that could be pertinent to the population we serve. And new information and resources are often found by networking with other agencies through online research and from referrals from our own TSA staff. Lori, I want to jump back really quick, just a second there, that when somebody calls us, we cannot provide a recommendation about, say, for a handyman. Uh, We we can't recommend one handyman over another because we're a nonprofit organization that is unbiased and independent, correct? Absolutely. The resources that we give are for agencies who've been in business for one year And they have to be vetted with us. So we have to collect all the information on that agency. And private for-profit agencies are ones that we are unable to refer someone to, um, mainly because, you know, for liability purposes. And if it's an essential for-profit agency that needs to be in the database because it's not being met by any other resource in the database, but we're getting a lot of calls for it 
we will research that data, that information and we will potentially give that resource out to someone. But we never make a recommendation. We will always offer people options and allow them to make the final choice on what resource they would like to follow up with. So speaking of resources, what are some of the common things people call us about? The most common requests people call about are number one, in-home health care services. This includes requests to My Choice Waiver, Care Management, Adult Home Help through the Department of Health and Human Services, Medicare covered home health care, and private pay options. This would be followed up by home delivered meals and other types of food assistance, such as food pantries and food commodities, legal assistance for things such as powers of attorney and landlord tenant issues, transportation options housing options, and Medicare and Medicaid assistance. One of the programs you mentioned there was My Choice Waiver. If someone calls about that program, what can they expect during that first phone call? The information and assistance specialist will first start by explaining the program and answer any questions the person may have. They will complete an eligibility check for the person needing the services, which includes collecting demographic information, information on gross income and assets and insurance. They'll then discuss the person's living situation, services and supports currently in place, diagnosis and medical issues, and type of assistance needed. They'll always check the person's Medicaid status as this may lead to other options for the person. If the person appears to be eligible medically and financially for the My Choice Waiver Program, The INA specialist will let the person know that the next call is going to be from the community care support specialist who will complete the My Choice Waiver screen. Whether the person is eligible for My Choice Waiver or not, other resources will always be offered to the individual to help bridge service gaps and assist them with any unmet needs. And if someone wants to call about Meals on Wheels and inquire about that particular program, should they call us directly or is there another way that they should inquire? Well, there are a couple different ways that we can give them information on Meals on Wheels and absolutely they can call us. Um, We receive calls about Meals on Wheels on pretty much a daily basis. If someone is interested in applying for Meals on Wheels, INA will explain the program and offer the person the option of taking the number for Wayne County Senior Services and making that call on their own, or we'd be happy to fill out an online Meals on Wheels application for them on their behalf. Could you tell me about a time when the services our agency coordinates or provides has made a difference for somebody? Sure. At the beginning of COVID, when we were sent home to work from home, INA received a call from a social worker who was concerned about a client who had recently lost a family member to COVID. And this was uh, apparently his only family member. And he had been contemplating suicide. He was very beside himself and, and depressed. The information specialist called him and got him set up to receive daily check-in calls through the Friendly Reassurance Program that we have. And she also did a grocery shop for him because he said he had no food in the house and he was afraid to go out to the store because he was afraid of, um, you know, contracting the virus. She also took him those groceries and she also took him a mask when he so when he was ready to go out shopping, he would have the protection to go out and do so. That's great. That's quite an impactful story that we've had with that particular client. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? Sure. I'd like to just say that INA specialists 
When people call, we'll do their very best to provide information, answer questions, and find the best available resources to meet the needs of individuals. So if anyone has a question or is in need of resources, please call us at 800-815-1112. The call center is open Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 4.30. And you can also email a question and contact information to info at thesenioralliance.org and an information and assistant specialist will contact you. Thank you, Lori, for joining me today on the podcast. And again, if anyone has questions about services or programs that we offer, you can call us again at 1-800-815-1112. Email us at info at thesenioralliance.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for The Senior Alliance. Information about our agency and the programs and services we offer can also be found on our website at www.theseniorralliance.org. And finally, our Twitter handle is at AAA1C. I'm Jason Macieski. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Inside the Senior Alliance. Inside the Senior Alliance is a production of the Senior Alliance and Blazing Kiss Media.